Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. It's the Kansas City Royals 4, the Cleveland Guardians 3. The losing streak continues, but that's not what you're here to talk about. Nolan Jones made his major league debut. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And we are going to talk all about Nolan Jones. We're going to talk about the game. And then we've got an email from one of the morning people, Ken in Iowa, emailed in a question that we'll get to at the end of the episode. So let's get into it. Nolan Jones wasn't the only move that the Guardians made during their off day. So Nolan Jones gets promoted from AAA. And to make room for him, they actually optioned Richie Palacios back down to uh, triple a so we were talking about what the move could be right uh is it going to be josh naylor going on the il is it going to be mercado dfa'd no they want to keep one right-handed outfield bat you know which signals to me they still think they could be competitive in the division like they're still thinking about winning games if they're still thinking we need to keep a single right-handed bat somewhere in the outfield uh it does signal to me that they're trying to win games uh, Mercado, I, I don't think is the answer. I, I think there was a reason we DFA'd him in the first place. But they bring back Nolan. They bring Nolan Jones up, and the corresponding move is Palacios goes down. They also activated Austin Hedges, uh, which means they uh, DFA'd uh, Sandy Leone. And then, uh, as part of an earlier DFA, I think they traded Johan Ramirez to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I didn't see anything coming back, so I'm just going to assume cash. So those were all the moves they made kind of in their off day leading into the Friday night game. So Nolan Jones making his major league debut and already, already he is making his presence felt in the second inning in his first at bat to set this up. Uh, Jimenez gets plunked like on the ankle. He actually, Jimenez gets plunked twice in this game. The second, his first at bat and his last at bat, he gets plunked, and both and both times Owen Miller hits into a force out. Are you kidding me? Come on, Owen Miller! Why are you you hanging Andres Jimenez out to dry there on the bases? The guy's getting on base the hard way, and you're just gonna wipe him off the bases like that. But it does set up Nolan Jones's at bat here. So uh, Nolan Jones comes up in the second inning with two out. By the way. With two out, and he ends up delivering an RBI double down the right field line uh, to first major league hit, first major league RBI. Already, the rookie is providing some punch, uh, exactly what we were looking for from the AAA level. In fact, he hit everything hard in three at-bats. He had three hard-hit balls on the day. And I kind of want to go through the, these matchups and take a look at these at-bats because it's interesting how Brady Singer pitched him. So first at-bat, tried to keep everything down on him. Starts him off with a slider kind of in the dirt, lays off it, throws him a sinker right at the knees that he takes for a call strike. 1-1 one, one pitch, gets another slider at the knees, and he rockets it down the right field line at 95.8 mile per hour exit velocity, 10 degree launch angle, 790 expected batting average. So he shoots it down the line. He stays down at his knees and he delivers. The lefty swing, uh, I heard somebody compare it to Cody Bellinger out in uh, LA and the Dodgers, right? It kind of does, it kind of does have that feel to it. He's a big, tall, lefty guy. 
some of the um, some of the scouting reports on Nolan Jones. This is going to be a very Nolan Jones heavy episode. It's interesting. Uh, Fangraphs and MLB.com have slightly different grades on him. Uh, Fangraphs has him as the number five prospect on the team, 107 overall in baseball. They've got him at a 30 hit right now with a 35 potential, but his power, they've got him at game power as a 50 with a 60 potential. The raw power, they have him at a 70 grade. Uh, So they really think this guy is going to be a power hitter. Speed, they have him at a 40. Field, they have him at a 40 with the potential of a 50 grade and a 50 overall. Now on MLB.com, where he's the number eight prospect uh, on the Cleveland Guardians, his grades are a little bit different. They've got him a hit at a 45, a power, a 60 grade, run a 40 grade, arm a 60 grade, field a 50 grade, and overall a 50. So the scouting report on him uh, basically is like he's got all this potential in the world as a power bat. It's just he's had kind of an unfortunate string of events. He's had a couple of injuries, then the COVID season. Uh, last injury was a high ankle sprain that uh, happened at towards the end of last season. Kept him out a little bit at the beginning of this season. Gave him a slow start to this season. But since he's got to AAA, or I should say since he started up this season, he's been absolutely raking. 311 batting average, 417 on base, 500 slugging at the minors. That's a 917 OPS, a 146 WRC plus, weighted runs created plus. Remember, plus stats above or below 100. League average is set to 100. A 146 is a pretty darn good WRC plus. That means he's creating runs way above league average. So, yeah, so in limited at bats, 108 plate appearances, he's been absolutely raking down there at AAA so far. So it only made sense for him to get a call up, right? It was only a matter of time that he was going to get called up. Some other things I can tell you from fan graphs, uh, I wanted to look at the, obviously, walks and strikeouts. He seems to strike out in the mid-20% range. That doesn't seem to have changed much in his career. And he seems to walk in the high teen percentages, right? He was at 15.7% at AAA walk rate. He was at a 26.9% K rate at AAA. So he does strike out a little bit, but it's okay. He delivers a lot of power. Um, And that's something you'll get with power hitters. Uh, I wanted to see where he puts the ball. Um, You know, pole, center, opposite field. Where does he spray it? Coincidentally, so far this AAA season, he had been pulling the ball more than he had ever pulled the ball in his minor league career. Uh, his last two seasons, 2019 in AA and 2021 in AAA, it was much more balanced between pulling and going opposite field. Um, goes up the center a little bit less than those two. In this season of AAA so far, he's been pulling the ball at a 48.4% rate. So really, really committing to pulling the ball and hitting more ground balls than he's ever hit in his career, up to 59% ground balls. His ground ball to fly ball ratio is a 3.0. I mean, it hasn't been since his rookie season that it was even over a 2. Uh, so, yeah, so kind of interesting. I it I do remember them talking about him changing his approach at the plate a little bit to try to fit the new mantra of the Cleveland Guardian system. And is that why we're seeing more ground balls from him and more pulled ground balls? Now, it, you know, it kind of works here, right? He hits a 10-degree launch angle, shoots it down the right field line. 
it kind of works for him not hitting a fly ball in this situation. He gets the RBI double. So uh, that's some things that I'm seeing on fan graphs from AAA. And we'll see how those things translate at the major league level. Does he does he pull the ball like crazy, right? Do they end up shifting hard on him? Uh, we'll see. Uh, does he keep hitting more ground balls than fly balls? Do the strikeout and walk rates kind of stay the same? You would expect every time a guy jumps a level, those strikeout numbers tend to peak a little bit. Those walk numbers come down a little bit. And then those things tend to even out that second season. So remember, he is a rookie. There are going to be peaks and there are going to be valleys. And they're probably pretty big peaks and pretty big valleys because that's just what rookies do. But on this night, it's definitely a peak. So uh, they start him out at the knees in his first at bat. All right. What about his second at bat? He comes back against Brady, uh, against Brady Singer. Uh, this time with uh, one out, he comes up. And this time, Brady Singer is throwing him all sinkers all hard sinkers goes a six pitch at bat uh he's up in the zone this time keeping everything up above the belt this time aside from the first pitch which he which he missed with uh inside on him he's going inside he's going outside he actually uh takes a call strike sinker and then comes back on the six pitch in the exact same spot and he uh he lines out to left fielder andrew benatendi so Goes opposite field on an inside two-seamer. Fights it off in the left field. Fights it off at 96.9 miles per hour. Had a 380 expected batting average, but it's a line out to left field. So, went down below the knees in his first at-bat. This time, trying to keep it up at the letters. Challenge him up with hard stuff. He ends up lining out. All right. Third at-bat. What's going to happen in his third at-bat? This is on the heels of uh, Fermil Reyes hitting that two-run home run. In the seventh inning, now with two outs, Nolan Jones comes up. This time he's mixing, and now he's really mixing everything in there. He's going high with the sinker. He's going low with the slider. Ends up getting an inside slider and ends up hitting a ground ball into center field. Goes up the middle with it. Hey, another ground ball, and it's a single for Nolan Jones at 104.6 mile per hour exit velocity. So there you go. A ground ball uses the middle of the field, doesn't pull it. Uh, which is not something he does a ton, seems to be more pull or oppo if he's going to hit the ball anywhere. Uh, but occasionally we'll hit one up the middle, and there you go. So he ends up with two base hits on the day in his Major League debut. He ends up with three rockets with three hard-hit balls on the day in his Major League debut and three at-bats. And then they pinch run Oscar Mercado for him, and that brings Nolan Jones out of the game in the seventh inning. Now he's thinking, Francona's thinking, defensive replacement here. I've got a 3-1 to one lead in the seventh inning. What could possibly go wrong? Well, Mercado would factor heavily into the end of this game, and that would have been Nolan Jones out there. So it's, you know, butterfly effect. You have no idea. If he doesn't pinch run Oscar Mercado here, and he lets Jones actually play out the game, I have no idea what would happen. But it turns out Mercado was out there. He was in some pretty important situations. He does draw a walk in the ninth inning. So, okay, I'll give Mercado credit there. Gets on base in the ninth inning. Uh, But he is involved at the end of the game. He does have a chance to throw home and throws wide of the bag, and the winning run comes across to score. So Mercado is involved in the final play of the game. So would it have made a difference if Nolan Jones stayed out there? He did have one errant throw to third base. He was trying to be aggressive throwing to try to get a runner at third base. Uh, it would take a lucky bounce 
uh, for Savali's sake. This is in the third inning. So one run had already come in on the play. Whit Merrifield would try to score. Uh, he was the runner going into third. The ball bounces away, but it takes a really nice bounce right back to Jose Ramirez, and he's able to throw home and nail Whit Merrifield at the plate. So it's an interesting little play. Uh, Savali actually gives up three hits in this inning. Uh, he's up a little bit in this inning with his hard stuff and gets hit around a little bit. But, uh, you know, the ricochet kind of saves Nolan Jones, uh, saves him from really having an error and a run scored on this one. So uh, defensively, I thought he was all right. Uh, Hamilton really, really oversold. Uh, oh, technically, Nolan Jones gets an outfield assist for that one. He gets an outfield assist for getting Merrifield at the plate, even though Merrifield wouldn't have gone if that ball hadn't gone away from Jose Ramirez. So that's interesting. Uh, in the first inning, uh, Nolan Jones makes a catch going back on a ball, and I thought he actually went back on the ball really well, right? He was tracking it the whole time. He gives a little leap, a little tiny leap, just just a little hop to get the, to get this ball. Uh, Hamilton really oversold this. He really made it sound like he had a leap to catch this thing. It's, it's a, it was a little hop. It was a little outfielder's hop. It was, you know, he takes another step. He probably catches it anyway. So, yeah, a little bit of a silly call from Hamilton there. Got a little overexcited about Nolan Jones' defense in right field. I thought he was fine. So, Jones has a fantastic day. In fact, I'm not even going to bury the lead. MVP on the day definitely goes to Nolan Jones on this one. Uh, it's a fantastic debut. The family was so excited. The family was pumped up. Uh, I mean, Mandy Bell has a great article on the Guardian's website about the journey, about you know telling his mom at three years old he's going to be a major league player, uh, the concussion that knocks him out of hockey, and so he sticks with baseball. He was a three-sport athlete. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, hockey is going to lead to a lot of concussions in baseball, unless you're playing in the San Diego Padres outfield, uh, you're, you're, you're pretty, or catcher, unless you're playing catcher, you're pretty safe from concussions in baseball. They do happen, but not like he would have, you know, been at risk playing hockey. So he sticks with baseball. Uh, they actually pulled a prank on him down at triple a, uh, they told him he was getting demoted to work on his outfield defense. Let him stew for a minute and then told him, actually, no, you're being promoted to the major leagues. So, uh, I don't know. It's pretty cruel as far as I'm concerned. But they prank him a little bit. They have some fun with him down at AAA. And he has a fantastic debut. His family gets there. Uh, they were all waiting for him in the hotel when the Guardians arrived. Uh, they all came in from Pennsylvania. And, yeah, it's just a really nice day for the rookie. Um, and it felt, probably felt good. It probably felt really good to get that first hit under your belt. So not only that, he gets MVP for the day on our tiny little podcast that we do. All right. What else happened in this game? Because we are deep into this podcast. What else happened in this game? First off, just freaking ridiculous. Top of the first inning, Stephen Kwan continues to hit the Royals like crazy. A leadoff single. What does Ahmed Rosario do? Grounds into a double play immediately. Will you please stop doing this, Ahmed Rosario? It's a really annoying way to start baseball games, to watch your leadoff hitter get a hit or a walk and get on base, and then you immediately ground into a double play. I swear, I'm not even joking at this point. Can we get an opener for Ahmed Rosario? Or, or as you'll see from, you know what? Perfect time. Perfect time to bring in Ken from Iowa's email. He said, hi, Davey. 
Rosario is known to be a streaky hitter. Is it time to sit him down? That way, Tito can move Jimenez to shortstop and use Arias at second, or vice versa. At least move Rosario to the bottom of the lineup. He would, he would, uh, Ken would give Owen Miller a chance in the two hole. Frankly, I'd give Nolan Jones a chance in the two hole or Jose Ramirez. Wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be interesting? Quan Ramirez, Jones, Reyes, Naylor. That would be a lineup. That would be a really interesting lineup. Um, yeah, I. Ahmed Rosario, yeah, he gets a hit in this one. Uh, he has the double play. He gets struck out looking. Rosario is scuffling a little bit right now. He is streaky. Um, yeah, I mean, I would shake this lineup, Ken. I would just shake it up to shake it up. Frankly, this offense has not really cooked in a while. It's been a while since this offense really cooked. And, yeah, you do have to start shaking things up. I do want to see... Gabriel Arias back up here. I, I don't know what the corresponding move would be at this point. I mean, they really, we've talked about this before. Ahmed Rosario has just, it's a log jam at shortstop. He hits enough that you just can't take him out of the lineup yet. So he's also a leader in the clubhouse. He does, he did, his single in this game was a hustle single. It was a ground ball to third base that he just straight beats with his speed. So you got to give him credit that Ahmed Rosario was always hustling. He's always trying to use his speed effectively. It's really hard. Francona has a really hard time moving Rosario. So I think you're asking, uh, you know, you're trying to move mountains if you're asking Terry Francona to move Ahmed Rosario. I really think it's going to take Chernoff and Antonetti moving Rosario, trading him, coming up with something to do with him uh, before Francona would move him. So I get what you're saying, Ken. I agree with you. I, I maybe move him down in the lineup, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about my lineup? What do you think about Quan Ramirez, Jones, Reyes, and then Naylor to break up the two lefties? I think that's fun. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Then you'd probably go uh, Ahmed Rosario, then Andres Jimenez again to break up the lefties. Uh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So we'll see what they end up doing. But thank you for the email, Ken. I do like the idea of doing something with that two-hole in the lineup. And uh, I agree with you. I want to see Gabriel Arias back up here as soon as possible. I want to see the young guy get a chance. All right. What else happens in this game? Uh, We do score again. Let's stick with the offense. We do score again in the seventh inning. For Neil Reyes, first Jose Ramirez gets a hustle double. That guy, even when he's not really hitting the ball that well, man, the hustle is still there. He bloops one into right field. Isbell kind of traps it, and Ramirez never stops running. While Isbell is, you know, trying to show the umpire that he's got the ball, trying to get the out, uh, Ramirez just keeps running. He's in with a leadoff double in that seventh inning, and then Fermil Reyes works a 3-0 count, which we saw him do, I think, earlier this week. I don't know if it was the Detroit series or the Yankees series, but I definitely remember him getting into a 3-0 count, getting an outside fastball, and delivering it for a home run, and he does the same thing here. Takes an outside fastball in that seventh inning. It's a, it's a lead off the inning with two hits is a really nice way to lead off that inning. 102.6 miles per hour, 377 out to right field for a go-ahead home run. We're up 3-1, and Francona goes into, you know, let's win the game right here mode. Let's protect this lead. We could do this. 3-1 lead. Unfortunately, the Guardians offense would have chances in the next two innings, and they just can't get it done. 
Ah, brutal stuff in the top of the eighth and the top of the ninth inning. Ramirez and Reyes were just the heroes in the seventh, and they're just not in the eighth inning. Straw with a leadoff single. Quan with a sack bunt moves him to second. All right, I get it. You got to get that guy in a scoring position here, an insurance run. Ahmed Rosario with that infield single. Kind of ridiculous. Had a 140 expected batting average. I mean, it was a ground ball to third base, and he just beats it out with his legs. Uh, Jose Ramirez would then pop out. Vermeil Reyes would work a really long at bat. He was laying off some sliders. Eventually, though, it was a slider down below the knees that finally would strike him out uh, and get Piampas out of that eighth inning. Uh, Yeah, it's a nine-pitch at-bat, and finally it's a slider below the knees, which he had seen three sliders already down there, and he just can't lay off this one. It's close, and he swings through a first strike. He had just fouled off two hard sinkers uh, to stay alive, and unfortunately, the eighth pitch of the bat is right down the middle. I mean, 3-2 count, he gets a sinker right down the middle of the plate, and he fouls it off. That's kind of on Reyes then, right? He got the pitch to hit. That ball should have been crushed. Uh, Unfortunately, they get out of the eighth inning. And then in the ninth inning, we load the bases. Once again, Andres Jimenez is hit by the pitch. I swear to God. uh, It's unbelievable. He's a magnet right now. Owen Miller hits into a force out, of course, because he leaves Andres Jimenez out to dry on the base paths. Oscar Mercado draws a walk. And then Josh Naylor, this was the moment right here. Josh Naylor singles into right field, but he hits it too hard or Isbell was playing too close or whatever it was. There was no chance. Or Owen Miller got a bad jump off a of second base. There's no chance for Miller to score. I mean, Isbell hasn't and already has the ball in before Miller even rounds third base. There's just no chance for him to score. It's ridiculous. A single with a runner on second base and we don't get a chance to score in this situation. So Naylor does the job, gets the hit, it loads the bases, Miles Straw then grounds into a force out, and then Stephen Kwan puts a really good swing on it, 94.7 miles per hour, liner into right field, unfortunately a 470 batting average, Isbell runs it down. So that was everything offensively, it was really frustrating, the 8th and the ninth inning, you have real chances to score, you really set yourself up to put an insurance run on the board, and you can't get it done, and you pay for it, you pay for it, because this is a storyline that carries over from that Tiger series, the Tigers bullpen was fantastic, the Guardians bullpen could not stop giving up runs, and the exact same thing happens in this game, after Brady Singer and Aaron Savali duel for 7 innings, Seven innings of well-pitched baseball, frankly. Uh, Savali goes seven innings, six hits, one earned run, no walks, six strikeouts on 91 pitches. He's only hard hit seven times. Brady Singer goes seven innings pitched, six hits, three earned runs, no walks, five strikeouts. He does give up the home run on 100 pitches. He's hard hit a little more, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Uh, Brady Singer's hard hit. So they really battle each other. They really duel here. And then two guys come in from the Royals bullpen, Payampas and Barlow, and they pitch shutout innings. They work. They have to work for it, but they pitch shutout innings. Eli Morgan and Sam Henches come in from the Guardians bullpen, and they both get blown up. They both give up runs. Come on. These guys were two of the more reliable arms in our bullpen uh, coming into this month, and they both give up runs. Eli Morgan, it's brutal. He gives up a home run 
to uh, Whit Merrifield after Emmanuel Rivera singles to lead off the inning. He throws Whit Merrifield two fastballs in the exact same location. After starting him out with two changeups, he ends up coming into Whit Merrifield up and in. The first one he fouls off. The second one is in the same location at the same speed with the same spin. And he cranks it 104.2 mile per hour exit velocity, 413 feet. I mean, he destroys it out into left field. And a kid in a Whit Merrifield jersey ends up making the catch on the concourse there. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Why the same pitch in the same location? You had a one and two count on him. Why not go back to the changeup? Why the same pitch in the same location? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then, so yeah, so they tie the game up off of Whit Merrifield, and then Henches comes in. He ends up, you know, he didn't, these weren't terrible pitches. He tries to jam the lefty Pascantino inside with a fastball on a, uh, a three and one count, and uh, he ends up shooting it into right field for a double to kick off the inning. It's not a terrible pitch. It's right on the edge. He tried to jam the guy inside. And it doesn't work after Isbell bunts foul for the third out for the third strike, uh, and he's out trying to bunt. That would bring up Michael Taylor again. He's jamming him inside the righty. Now he's jamming him inside with four seam fastballs. Gets one for a called strike. Drops a curveball on the inside edge for a called strike, and then throws him another fastball. Tries to go up again on him. Tries to get him inside. This one is just a little bit more out over the plate, and he's able to shoot it into right field. At 100.4 miles per hour, it drops in front of Mercado. He makes a bad throw home. Oliveri scores from second, the pinch runner. And Michael Taylor's got himself a walk-off single, and they're celebrating in Kansas City. Henches, Henches didn't pitch terrible, but it could have been. I mean, it could have been so much better. And in, that's the storyline right there. The Guardians' bullpen gets blown up. The Royals' bullpen is fantastic. Oh, man, it's a frustrating game. Baseball is a frustrating game. On a night where all the good vibes were in Cleveland's favor, Savali was pitching great. His curveball, it's interesting. He doesn't have, neither of them have really great CSW numbers. Uh, He did have a decent whiff rate on his curveball. He gets a bunch of strikeouts below the knees with the curveball, but he doesn't use it that much. I mean, it's four whiffs on 11 swings. It's a 36% whiff rate. He didn't, he only threw it 27 times which was the second most pitch. It's what he does. He throws the cutter the most, then the curveball. He kind of stayed in line with what he's done all season. Uh, the cutter was not super effective. Uh, only three whiffs on the cutter, a 14% whiff rate. He did get a couple strikeouts on it early. Uh, only two called strikes on that. Between his cutter and his sinker and his four-seam fastball, he's only got five called strikes. There's only 10 called strikes on the day for Aaron Savali. There's just not a lot of... Hitting the edges, that's not probably not a lot of first-pitch strikes. There's a ton of foul balls. I mean, Kansas City must have just been up there hacking away. 22 foul balls and 20 balls put in play. They must have just been up there hacking. It's only an 87.4 average exit velocity off of Savali on the day. So it's a really effective start. Apparently, Savali has been terrible on the road, so it was nice to see him have a really effective start here. Uh, for Brady Singer, he has 17 called strikes on his sinker. Uh, that's a lot of called strikes. Add in 14 foul balls. That's the way to rack up some strikes on Guardians hitters. Uh, but again, not eye-popping CSW numbers. 29% total CSW on the day for Brady Singer. So 
not really a huge, huge eye-popping days for either starter, but very competent starts, very solid starts. Like I said, seven innings for both these guys, kept both their teams in the game. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Whew, man, uh, I'm really pissed off that we blew the end of this game. I mean, two chances to score in the eighth and the ninth inning, and instead it's the Royals racking up runs. It's the Guardians bullpen imploding. Uh, yeah, that's just a brutal way to lose a game, especially on Nolan Jones' debut. We want good things. Oh, man, from our rookie. We wanted him to spark this offense, and he did. And, man, we just can't hold on to the win. So the losing streak continues. It's getting it's getting rough. It's getting really rough. I understand the frustration, Guardians fans, because I am right there with you. We are now below 500 at 40-41. All right, I got to get out of here this morning. Let's wrap this thing up. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. We get some afternoon baseball here in Cleveland coming up tomorrow. Or today, I'm sorry, today and tomorrow. We got McKenzie on the mound against Heasley uh, for the Royals. He's a righty, so I expect Nolan Jones to be in there. You know the first lefty we're going to see. And we get Granky on Sunday. So it's all righties all weekend, which means Nolan Jones should be in there all weekend. Do not screw around Terry Francona and start Oscar Mercado over Nolan Jones. Let the rookie play. All right. That's all my thoughts on this one. Ken, thank you for the email. And thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Kansas City. It's the Royals walking it off 4-3 to three over your Guardians. You can find me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show just like Ken did at Mornings at gmail.com. If you have an idea of what to do with Ahmed Rosario, go ahead and hit us up. We'll talk about it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.